And we will start tonight in those not-so-friendly skies these days. Staffing shortages at airports and airlines are expected to continue to cause long lines and flight delays and cancellations this Canada Day long weekend. The head of Canada's largest, second-largest airline today, WestJet, said the company is flying 32% fewer flights in and out of Toronto Pearson International Airport than it did in 2019. WestJet CEO Alexis von Honsbrook says the airline actually proactively removed the flights between March and May in anticipation of snarls at Canada's largest airport as those COVID-19 restrictions were lifted and travel demand surged. Uh, this will hopefully allow us to get through, through the summer um, with reasonable performance. Uh, however, we also have to recognize the summer is going to be a big challenge. That is WestJet's CEO there. Last night, we learned that Air Canada is slashing its flight schedule in July and August. A company spokesperson says, on average, it will affect 154 flights per day, mainly from its Toronto and Montreal hubs. That's really where the big problems are. The airline is citing unprecedented strains on the airline industry from resurgent travel. Uh, The CEO of uh, the airline says that despite detailed and careful planning, the largest and fastest scale of hiring in our history, as well as investments in aircraft and equipment, it is now clear that Air Canada's operations, too, have been disrupted by the industry's complex and unavoidable challenges. Well, joining me with more on this now is Duncan D. He's a former chief operating officer at Air Canada, so he knows what's going on behind the scenes. And he was a member of the panel appointed to review the Canada Transportation Act in 2016. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for your time tonight. Thanks for having me, Ben. Well, you're perfectly suited to know this. Uh, what was going on behind the scenes for Air Canada to have to make this, uh, this which would I suspect would be a pretty difficult decision to make because it really is losing revenue, right? Absolutely. You know, if we rewind a little bit, uh, this decision uh, on what the summer schedule would look like, what the uh, staffing resources would look like, were, were probably put to bed at Air Canada sometime last fall. So, you know, sometime last fall, the senior executives at the company said, we're going to want to fly these many flights. And the folks who run the operating side would have said, we will, uh, to to do that, we will need so many staff. And so let's make sure those are all in place. So Air Canada went into this with 97% of its pre-pandemic staffing, and it was going to run a schedule which looked around 80% of its pre-pandemic summer schedule. And the... I think what basically reality started to sink in was over the last 90 days, we've had, you know, these constant delays at customs and constant delays at security. And it's just gotten to a point now where a lot of those delays could no longer be, um, you know, prettied up. Uh, We're now in the summer peak. There's huge numbers of travelers at the airports. Flights are full. And, you know, there's just nowhere left uh, to, to go. And so they probably looked at this after their first full week in the summer peak and said, look, our staff, our aircraft cannot handle much more of this. We're going to need to start to pull a little bit of our schedule back. And that's what they did. It would be a tough call, though, because, I mean, for for all airlines, this was supposed to be the summer where they were going to return to glory, so to speak, or return to, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of passengers. And all of a sudden, something like Air Canada, I mean, I guess they're flying at full right now, but it still means scaling back and disappointed passengers of their flights are being canceled and so forth. Yeah, no, I mean, for so many of uh, airline people, folks who uh, work within an airline, it's not just a job. You know, these pilots and flight attendants, for them, this is their passion. And so this was going to be their victory lap after two years of 
absolute uh, hell in terms of the uh, air travel business. And so they were very uh, geared up for a, a very strong summer, very geared up for a really um, profitable summer from a shareholder perspective. And then suddenly, you know, the curveball gets thrown where very, very basic services not working, you know, airport security, three hour lineups. And the, the solution to that was three hour check in uh, to, to get around that. And then, you know, on inbound arrivals, you know, people waiting on board planes two and three hours and then getting into another two and three hour line when they get off the plane. Um, you know, and those are still ongoing. You know, last night, a pilot uh, had mentioned to me that they themselves personally were at the de-ice bay at Pearson for two and a half hours after landing um, in a 787 filled with travelers. And so, you know, uh, the, the government might think they've solved this issue, but when you hear stories like that as late as last night, then, you know, clearly there's something going on that's not right. What will be the impact then for passengers? Because I know obviously a lot of these flights were already booked, right? Well, look, for a lot of these flights were already booked, but I think what Air Canada has done or tried to do, they're not going to be able to to help 100% of travelers. But they did a couple of things that were quite smart. They dropped a route, for example, like uh, Montreal to Baltimore, Washington International Airport. And the folks who, who know that area know that you've also got alternatives like Dulles and National, both of which are served by Air Canada. So when you choose to cancel one of those three, what you're hoping is that the other travelers, when they're offered either National or Dulles, that those also work for their for, for their travel needs. And so a few of these flights, like um, flights to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, well, you know, they, they dropped Montreal, Pittsburgh, but they kept Toronto, Pittsburgh. So they're likely hoping that they can flow some of the traffic over, over uh, Pearson. And the other uh, cancellations they've done are things like uh, one out of three flights between Montreal and Moncton, New Brunswick, things like that, which there are, there are reasonable alternatives. Not everybody's going to be happy. They're going to have to issue refunds. Um, but at the end of the day, this was the only way they could salvage the balance of their summer uh, without doing things that would inconvenience travelers more, like day of cancellations, evening of cancellations, canceling flights an hour before they go. Those are the things they were hoping to avoid. And I guess looking into the near future, those are the things they were seeing. They were seeing that threat, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were staring that threat very up close and it was getting getting to become quite a bit of a, a concern for a lot of the operating people, not just at Air Canada, but other airlines. You know, you were seeing things like out of nowhere, uh, a lineup forming at security at uh, Trudeau Airport in Montreal, uh, you know, two, three hours long, bang, it just it just shows up. And then, as I mentioned earlier, a pilot lands at Pearson and bang, they're they're told, oh, you're going to wait at the, the, the ice pad for two and a half hours. You know, th- the, things like that, which are so unpredictable, which are entirely based on um, Agencies that are fully outside of your control, who don't really, frankly, care whether you're waiting under the ice pad for two and a half hours, um, you know, for, from their perspective, it, that's just what you're going to have to do. You know, when, when you're faced with that challenge, the decision Air Canada took was really the right one. 
I'm speaking with Duncan D. He's a former chief operating officer at Air Canada, a member of the panel appointed to review the Canada Transportation Act in 2016. We're talking about Air Canada's announcement last night uh, to, that's of some significant changes to their summer schedule, just a reflection of, of just how crowded, how jammed airports have become, specifically the big hubs in Toronto and Montreal, where Air Canada does a lot of its flying from and to, um, as well as, as just a recognition that uh, it wasn't going to get better and that uh, they weren't going to be able to provide some of the kinds of service that they would expect, or at least the level of service that they would hope to. So this decision, obviously a tough one for any airline to uh, to cancel uh, flights en masse heading into the very busy summer season. When we come back, um, we'll get a We'll get an update on how the government is doing, how the federal government is doing and trying to fix some of this problem. These problems We've been hearing a lot of announcements of late, a lot of talk about what's being done. Is it working? That's next. Our guest this half hour is Duncan D. He's a former chief operating officer at Air Canada. We've been discussing the airline's decision to alter its summer schedule quite significantly, uh, not dramatically, but significantly considering just how busy the summer was going to be in the face of these ongoing delays that we've been seeing at specifically at major airports in the country uh, and heading into the even busier summer season. Season. Uh, Duncan, you mentioned this before. Um, you know, we knew this was coming months ago. And I guess, has the government done enough now to react? I mean, this has been going on for a while now. Um, can, can, can we still blame the government for what's going on here in part because of, uh, because of these continued problems? Look, the thing, Ben, that really struck me was the government was uh, warned about this three months ago, and they had ample opportunity to figure this out. Uh, and as we've seen at the passport offices, which are still a mess after an equal or maybe even longer amount of time, there just seems to be a state of denial in, in Ottawa right now as to what needs to be done. Uh, you know, the, the solution to three-hour security lines is not to ask travelers to show up three hours early for their flight. Um, and because that creates a whole host of other problems. Imagine an international boarding gate where you've got upwards of three different sets of travelers going to three different destinations. And the people that you've got boarding are, are making announcements in the language of the flight that they're, um, that they're working. So let's, for example, say it's a Frankfurt flight. Well, they've got announcements in English, French, and German. In Canada, at least, we have both official languages and the root language. Well, if the flight after that is to Athens, then you know, there, you're going to have a whole bunch of you know, Greek travelers who may not be that proficient in, in the other languages that are being announced. And so when you ask them to board, you're going to end up with a crowd that's mixed. Uh, and so that delays the boarding process. So, you know, the solutions that the federal government has come up with are just completely um, unworkable uh, in the long term. Uh, on, the, on the arrival side, if I just conclude with this, th- you know, they've got the Arrive Can app, which the Customs and Immigration Union has come out and said is causing tremendous headaches for their members. They're transforming customs officers into the IT help desk. And, you know, they've got this ArriveCan app that they've now just said is going to be prolonged indefinitely. So this thing's going to be around for the long run. But, you know, it's not even something that that makes any sense from uh, an app perspective. This is an international travel app. And, you know, I was looking at the website today. It's available in English, French and Spanish. So, you know, somebody in Ottawa obviously decided that doing it just in English and French doesn't work. So they, they had the brilliant idea that they would do Spanish, uh, which completely wipes off, an enti- you know, entire sectors of the world where English, French or Spanish aren't the, the working language, the official language. And so you've, you, 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 no wonder you've got 
huge problems with uh, these, this app being used by travelers, especially during the summer season. Imagining a senior citizen from Korea or a senior citizen from China uh, that doesn't speak English, French, or Spanish, inputting their personal health information into this app. We spoke to the union uh, about the Arrive Can issue. They took great, uh, uh, they took great uh, umbrage. They were objected to the, to the numbers that were being released by by Ottawa, saying that ninety six percent of travelers had filled this out on their before coming through. They said that was completely wrong. That in fact, uh, their agents are spending an awful lot of time trying to help people figure out how to use that app. Under what circumstances? I mean, the airlines asked for it through IATA. IATA asked for it. Uh, lots of people were asking for the Arrive Can app to be scrapped for the summer. We're not even sure how effective it really is. Um, what kind of impact will, will leaving it in place have as we're heading into an even busier time uh, for, air, for airline or for airline travel this summer? Well, you know, the airports have already announced that the Arrive Can app, along with the other pandemic controls at customs, is resulting in a fourfold increase in the amount of time each and every traveler is screened. So unless the government increases their manpower by four times, they're basically planning on huge lineups. You can't increase the workload of customs and immigration officers by four, 400% and leave the same staffing plan in place. So they, they've basically decided that, you know, maybe uh, Long lines are what uh, they're willing to live with. Inconvenienced travelers are what they're willing to live with. Uh, you know, I, I, I think they might be trying to prove a point. I, I don't know very many um, initiatives in government that have been virtually unanimously derided the way this Arrive Can app is. And frankly, Ben, I'm not talking about people like you and me. I mean, you and I can, can use that app without any issue whatsoever. The, the problem is, during the summer peak, it's not just people like Duncan D and Ben O'Hara Byrne that are taking to the skies. You've got a mix of people and languages and cultures, and it's just making things that are that's already stressful even worse. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't, I can't imagine why they decided to leave that in place uh, for this summer, considering the kinds. Now, it should be fair to point out to Canada that we're seeing uh, all kinds of airport issues, airline issues in the U.S. and Britain as well. Uh, we're not alone. Uh, this is a system that uh, that has very little room to maneuver right now, and anything that goes wrong, as we saw with the luggage incident in Toronto this week at Pearson, anything that goes wrong can have a huge impact. Uh, as a last word, Duncan, advice to travelers for the summer as of now. We're into the peak. Uh, you travel a lot. You fly all the time. What advice do you have for folks out there if they're planning to uh, hit the skies in the next few months? Look, for folks who are traveling, um, the number one thing I would say right now is don't check bags. So to the extent that you can do all of your uh, travel with just a uh, uh, carry-on piece of luggage, do that absolutely 100%. To the extent that uh, you, can't, you can avoid having to make a connection, Flying nonstop will always be, should always be your preference, even if it costs just a little bit more. Because if you miss your connection, whatever savings you had on, on a connecting flight is going to disappear very, very quickly. Wise advice, Duncan D, from a man who travels a lot. Thank you so much for your time tonight. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Ben. 
Help is on the way. Angela Bassett and Peter Krause return in an all-new season of 911 on a new night. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.